What's up, listeners? My name is Ken Weatherford. Welcome to Laugh at the Darkness, a podcast full of stories of goodness, light, laughter, and love, brought to you by beerandhymns.com. Each month, we'll highlight the work of a different charity, try out a new drink, and hear some stories of people doing cool things that make the world a little bit better. So I invite you to kick back and relax with your favorite beverage, or simply go for a walk as we laugh at the darkness together. Hey, we're sitting down here today with Kate Lunsford, the Community Engagement Director for the Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter. Uh, the Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter is a charity that we have uh, been working with for for several years now, I believe. The first time that we, we raised uh, some money for them was back in uh Christmas time 2017 and and since we've raised nearly $20,000 for them and uh we're super super excited to uh once again be having them as our our charity this month for December uh beer and carols it's such a big fun event uh if you're in the northwest arkansas area this comes out before our our second event December 12th we'd love to see you there tickets are $25 adults $10 for kids. You can buy a table, whatever you want to do, but uh, proceeds benefit this amazing organization uh, that you're just about to hear about. So, Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. We, we really appreciate your continued partnership. It's so good to have you all here big time. So, uh, You've been to a Beer and Carols once before, but it was not kind of the the main event you said. You, you were at a... A beer and carols that we did over at Core Brewing in Springdale. I was. Yeah. I've been to a couple of the smaller ones. So I'm looking. I haven't been to the, I mean, they've turned into quite the production. <laughs> they're, they're getting bigger, I feel like, every time. It's, yes. It's a blast. I can't wait to see what it becomes next year when hopefully we're fully done with this yes. whole pandemic. Gosh, I hope so. Uh, Mr. Goss and, uh, you know, so to speak. And, um, yeah, cannot wait. Um, it should be a good one, though, December 12th. We've got folks from... Uh, the Arkansas Philharmonic Orchestra once again joining us. Yes, that's super exciting. Big time. Uh, the APYO, which is the Arkansas Philharmonic Youth Orchestra, as oh. well. So there'll be like an adult and a, and a youth on each instrument. So we'll have like an eight-piece ensemble from them. And uh, I, I'm excited about that this yeah, time around. that's very cool. It should be real, real neat. Yeah. So, Kate, you've been... T- tell us about the, the shelter. Tell us about the kids. Tell us about what's going on. The The last time I actually got to to uh, really see anybody from the shelter was in January of 2019 when when we came to, to make a donation. We got a tour, and, and since it's all been email and, right. uh, you know, and Skype and Zoom and things of that nature, right? Yes, for sure. We have definitely missed all of our visitors and everything during COVID, but, um, you know, our staff was still there all through COVID taking care of the kids. There were still kids who needed a place to stay, a shelter to come to. So our doors have been open the whole time. We made it through. Um, we're very lucky to have supporters who stuck with us through COVID, even when we couldn't have our live events. Mm, yeah, you know, We have three major events each year that are a big part of our fundraising. We couldn't have any of those. So we had to get creative. Yeah, But uh, the kids were there. They were taken care of. Our staff is amazing. So it's it's been an interesting year. How how has the pandemic affected y'all beyond just the the absence of those kind of larger scale fundraising events? I'm assuming you know Starlight Gala and right. things of that nature that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Exactly, um, lack of volunteers for the longest time. You know we mm. weren't because of COVID weren't able to have volunteers come out, and that's just such a piece of our of our organization of mm. our mission. We love having people come out. You know and and work with the kids or help us with events or help us with um, just anything around the shelter maintenance, anything like that. And so missing that piece of, of the volunteerism was tough. No kidding. Has that, has that begun to come back now? I, I know we're not done yet, but you know, right. It really has. Um, we're actually very busy this upcoming month with groups, groups of volunteers from corporate offices um, who like to come out during the holiday season. Oh, right, right, and, right. Yeah, yep. help us out, either do projects with the kids and like decorate cookies or um, decorate the shelter with holiday, you know, um, decorations, um, wrap presents, you know, all that kind of thing. All, so we're all, really all starting to see an uptick of volunteers reaching out to us again, which is super exciting. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Now, another point of transition, though, too, that you've experienced in this time is y'all 
hired a new executive director. We have. Um, you had a temporary or a, an interim one, not mm-hmm. temporary. That's uh, well, both words work. Yeah, but, it works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I think I think the right word was interim. Yeah. Uh, how, how has that transition been? It's been great. Rick Brazil was our interim, and he really, I mean, he just put his whole heart and soul into it, um, you know, filling in between executive directors and got us through the pandemic. It was a tough, it was a tough year, and he took on a lot. So we're very appreciative for him stepping in and taking on that Mm. responsibility. Um, But yeah, our new new executive director, her name's Rebecca Mitchell. Um, She came to us from Colorado. Lots wow. of experience in working with nonprofits, specifically nonprofits that focus on children. So we're very excited to have her um, in Northwest Arkansas and with the shelter. That's excellent. Yeah. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. What part of Colorado? Just out of curiosity. Colorado Springs, I believe. Colorado Springs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Deal. Beautiful area. It uh, is. We've done some hiking when uh, my, my wife and I used to tour and, you know, when we actually were in our 20s and, right. you know, young <laughs> enough to have that energy to do it. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's excellent. Uh, and I, I know she's been out of town and uh, just getting back in and I know has has her plate full. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also worked with, with Carla Lang for many years, uh, who I know is also uh, leaving the shelter yes. and everything else. Oh, we're so sad to see her I go, know. It breaks my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we have absolutely loved everybody we've been able to work with. Um, I, I, I think still to this day um, – it was January of 19, and we came out to the shelter, my wife and I, and uh, we we were able to have a, a kind of a full tour of the facility and, and see everything that was going on and mm-hmm. uh, many of the people who were working there. And uh, and then to, to leave a check while we were there from, from our Beer and Carols event. Um, and we, we pulled out of, of the driveway there at the shelter, and we, we start driving away, and I had to pull the car over. And I just wept. Really? Um, the work, the people, the love that is poured into the shelter, um, it was palpable. You know, you could feel it in in the air. <laughs> oh. uh, and I just was just, I, I was transfixed. I was overwhelmed. Wow. Uh, and I'm just so honored to still get to work uh, with such a wonderful organization. Um uh, so, so tell us about it. Like, t- tell us about the shelter. What, what are some of the amazing things that our listeners need to know about? Because I, I, the list goes on and on. I know. So, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but, but give us an on and on. You know. <laughs> okay. So it's actually been in Northwest Arkansas since 1993. Yep. And the reason it started was because children who had been removed from their homes due to abuse and neglect. Uh, had nowhere to go. They were sleeping on the floor of you know their DHS offices and things like that. There was nowhere for them to go. There weren't enough foster homes available. So um, Judge Terry Crabtree, who was the juvenile judge at the time, said, we've got to do something about this, basically. And mm-hmm. he put together a group of, of leaders, Northwest Arkansas, and from that came the Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter. Mm-hmm. And since then, it started out, it was only for girls at the beginning, and it only okay. had 12 beds. Yep. So that was the very beginning. And now um, we can serve up to 32 kids at a time, boys and girls, anywhere from birth to age 17. Wow. Yeah. So it's really grown over the years, and it's only with community support that it, that's been possible. Tw- 12 beds to start. How many How many beds today? 32. 32. You said yeah. that. I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 32. Um, so all of the kids come to us after being removed from their homes due to right. any kind of abuse, neglect, abandonment, um, things like that. So our kids, I mean, they come in with some some stories that are really, really difficult to hear. Yeah. No kidding. And um, you'd mentioned our staff earlier. Just They are amazing. Just the ones who work directly with our kids. It's our youth care staff. They're the ones who hear all of it. They hear all of the stories. They work with the kids so closely to sort of earn their trust mm-hmm. while they're there. Because honestly, some of the kids, especially some of our teens, they come in and they don't necessarily want to be there. It's unfamiliar. Right. It's, oh, you know, yeah. they even even if mom and dad aren't great, they'd rather be home with mom and dad. And that's that's hard. So it takes them a little while to transition, sometimes a week or so. Um, to understand that our staff is there to take care of them because they've never had that. They've never had those yeah. adults in their life yeah. who are there to take care of them. And it's, it's difficult for them to trust 
at the beginning. Big time. So um, our staff's just amazing. They work with those kids. They um, get them to trust, get them to relax, and just be a kid. You know, they have to worry about so much at home that at the shelter they don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So this last month we uh, we were featuring the. Um, Children's Advocacy Center mm-hmm. uh, of Benton County and yeah. the the Children's uh, Safety Center Safety Center of yep. Washington County. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I, I know as well. You know, in, in, in speaking with them, they said you know there's you know, I always like hearing where, where are the overlaps and right. in charitable work and and where where are the those pieces and gaps. And they said you know that they're kind of a can be somewhat of a connector or or feeder of. Uh, of those uh, young young people that end up at your doorstep, and, yeah. Uh, that that to me, you know, comes back to to the trauma that I would imagine many of these kids uh, are are facing, as you say, you know, some of these horrible horrible stories. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that was impressive was seeing the schools that y'all the school that y'all have now set up there. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and what that's doing, but I, I have to imagine that a school of that nature as well is one that is leading. Uh, with a very trauma-forward approach. Uh, can, can you tell us about the school and, and, and yeah. the work that they do? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we were thrilled to open. It's called Hope Academy in August of 2020. All right. We it's brand new, doors. basically. Brand still, new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the first trauma-centered charter school in Arkansas and one of only a few in the entire nation. So it's a new model mm. that um, began in this area. And basically it stems from we have a school at the shelter for the residents of the shelter called Horizon Academy. Right. And we took a look at the success we have Mm -hmm. there with our kids because a lot of them, along with um, abuse and neglect, there's educational neglect. So Mm -hmm. some of the kids who've come to us and either, you know, they've been moved around because of mom and dad or because, you know, they've moved from foster home to foster home. They could have attended 10 or 12 schools in a matter of three years. So it's really difficult for them to maintain any kind of educational success when they're just moved, yeah. moved you know, from school to school. So basically when they came to the shelter and attended our school on site, the improvement we saw was just amazing in math and reading. When they have someone who is giving them that one-on-one attention, someone who understands the trauma background and how that affects their ability to function in a classroom and all of that. So... Out of that piece of having our residents attend, we thought, well, what if we could open this up to the larger community? And so Hope Academy serves children who've been through the same kind of trauma, but they don't live at the shelter. Right, okay. So a lot of them have been adopted into families. Um, Some are currently in foster care, and some are just, you know, with families who are struggling to stop that cycle right, of right. abuse and neglect. So the only difference is um, they just don't live with us. They go home at night, but then they come back for for school. On how, a, on a how many students does that serve on a on a average basis? I, I know it might vary, but um, it's fifty. It's fifty. So, okay, yeah, all right. It's okay. fifty. So right it now, doesn't vary. <laughs> it doesn't Hope Academy doesn't vary. Um, Horizon Academy, the resident school, can right. vary some, but Hope yeah. Academy is is pretty set. Yeah, we actually have so this. The first year we served uh, kindergarten through third grade, right? And starting this year, it's uh, kindergarten through fourth grade. So it's ten students per classroom, and each classroom wow. has a teacher and two paras. Oh wow! Which is so, yeah, so, so it's so a really three small to, three to one almost, mm-hmm, or, really I mean, small student teacher ratio. Yeah, that's yeah, wonderful for sure. So we had yeah, we're full and we have a waiting list for each classroom. Mm. That's how big the need is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That. When you know the numbers, you you know that the need is most likely uh, far far greater than that. Are are there hopes or or dreams to to expand that um, in in the future to to be able to offer it to, to more than fifty, but to be able to offer that kind of education to, to yeah. larger groups? Yeah, um, possibly. Our charter right now goes it'll go K through six. K through six. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah but yeah, we've yeah. already. I mean, even in year two, we've already. There's been so much. So many requests from the community asking what more we can do for these kids, basically. Oh, yeah. So we've talked about adding a pre-K, maybe, potentially, at some point. Um, one of the things we're really focusing on is providing this trauma-centered training to other schools in the area. Mm-hmm. Because they've, they've reached out and asked for it. They've said, we know that the kids in our district 
need more help, but we just, we don't know what to do, or we haven't gotten the right kind of training to do what, you know, what we need to do for them. So they've actually reached out to our principal, our teachers, to provide that training for them. So that's definitely something that we're pursuing. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I can see that being a really wonderful addition to, I mean, well, to any school uh, around. uh, Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. The more we're learning about trauma, trauma research, and and our understandings of how we can move move through those traumatic experiences into to full integration, uh, it's it's truly profound. Uh, yeah. uh, and so, if we can do that earlier uh, in right. a child's life, uh, surely the benefits are are, are so so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the yeah. goal is is that we work with that child as much as we need to, and then they can transition back into a public school. Right. And that's really our goal is that they don't stay at Hope Academy. You know, we want them to be able to go back and be in a typical classroom and be able to to handle everything that, that goes along with that. Mm, yeah. Um, well, community engagement director, what what does your role entail? What what do you help with the shelter? What, what do you do there? My job is actually really fun because I'm the one who gets to work with all of the community groups, churches, volunteers, everyone who wants to reach out and help. And there are so many different ways that people reach out to help. You know, I mean, events like Beer and Carols, that's a big one. People do um, third party events for us like trivia nights and things like that. Mm -hmm. Churches get involved and they have um, anything from, you know, the ladies group sewing tote bags for our kids to sock drives and clothing drives and coat drives so anything basically that the community wants to help with the shelter that's that's what i get to do that's fun that's, yeah yeah it's a yeah. good role then. Mm-hmm. um and you know how, how many staff are involved there it's it's a it's we're, we're talking about a decent sized organization now absolutely yeah. yeah we um a lot of people don't realize that the children live with us so they're there 24 7 right so yeah, we so have two kids around mm-hmm, the clock overall. exactly so we have three shifts of youth care specialists who are there, twenty you know twenty four seven. Um, I think overall, we have a, just a little over a hundred employees. Wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really didn't realize it was over a hundred. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. Round the clock care um, for 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 that many. You know. Right. Round the clock care plus the on site school. Yeah. Plus the you know we have counseling um, on site. We have. Uh, transporters who take the kids to all their medical and dental appointments oh, wow, so yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's a lot going on yeah it didn't even <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 amazing what you don't think of you know but mm-hmm. you know oh you're just a shelter or you're you watch some kids for a little while no 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 the 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 amount of care that actually goes into this right uh you know a, a chef on staff i was just gonna and, say yeah we have uh, a full commercial kitchen you know chef Chef Trina feeds all of our kids. and It's a beautiful it's, kitchen for that matter. It is. It was one of the parts I got to see. So. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. We were very lucky. We got a grant. So when we first started in 93, it was a smaller building sort of down the street and around the corner from where we are now. And then in 2011, we got a grant from the uh, Donald Reynolds Foundation. Mm. And that funded our, our shelter. So, yeah, if you've never been there, it's... Um, people always first get lost coming out, but when they finally find it, it is out there. Yeah, it is out there. It's out there. (laughs) We're out by the airport. So, um, when they finally find it, they're like, wow, I had no idea this was here. And then they take a tour and they're like, wow, I had no idea how much we have going on. Because besides the shelter part, we have a a school that's separate, a full gym. We actually sit on 80 acres. So there's lots of space for the kids to, you know, go outside and run around. We have a bike trail. Yep. We have a disc golf course. You know, we have basketball goals, a softball field. I mean, tons tons of space for them to just, you know, run around and be kids. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, I remember seeing the bike course and everything. And I was going, man, I, you know, this looks perfect. I need to bring my kids out here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not for them. Not for them. Right. Tonight, I uh, am getting to sit on my own couch in front of the fire, sipping a glass of red wine, and I am joined uh, by my favorite person in the world. Um, she is co-founder of Beer and Hymns. Uh, she is my amazing partner in life, um, mother to uh, our two children, and uh, founder and owner of Kind Creative. Welcome to the podcast. Casey Weatherford. 
Thank you very much, Ken Weatherford. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here on my couch in, <laughs> in my pajamas. It's the only way to do it. I, I really, this should be a requirement of all guests going forward. It's a pajama party. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm never, never going to get anybody else to come on the podcast that's now. That's my <laughs> privilege only. <laughs> so tell us about this red wine we're drinking. Because you, re- you looked it all up. Well, I... Um, it's an. I know that I. I don't know. I don't remember the tasting notes, but oh I know gosh. that it's an Australian Shiraz, and it was a gift that um, just showed up on our porch, which was amazing from your parents. Well, it didn't exactly show up on our porch, but that's a whole other long story. There <laughs> was a whole FedEx debacle, but eventually we got this box of of wonderful Reds and this Australian Shiraz, which was in it, and um, it. We usually go for California wines, and so I was a little trepidatious, but uh, it's delicious. It's wonderful, and it's uh, yeah. a great cold weather wine because it's kind of, kind of jammy and comforting. So, really enjoying it tonight. Yeah, so it's the kind of thing that uh, we we used to drink a whole lot about ten years ago, and uh, and then moved away from. And so I was a little I was a little trepidatious as it came out of the box, but it's really good. It's really good. Um, so Casey. Uh, you know, you helped me get this thing started several years ago, along with uh, several of our friends here in town. Um, tell us about your love for Beer and Hems. Tell us about Kind Creative and and how you support Beer and Hems to you know enlighten us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, when we started Beer and Hems, I think we both had sort of an abstract concept um, of music and community and beer and we didn't exactly know where it was going to go we didn't know what it was going to look like what kind of culture it was going to um to have what kind of people were going to show up um we just knew that that's the thing that we cared about and i mean i say we but that's that's definitely um in my work no matter if it's in music or design i have always cared about bringing humanity together doing good things with the creative arts mm. and so the concept of beer and hymns it was so compelling to me when we learned about it in the UK before we came back to the states from Scotland um, the idea of gathering together just for the sake of it just to enjoy the beauty of music together of singing of instrumentation um, of being human beings together in a room um, enjoying music together, no matter what the music was, hymns or, or not hymns, that sounded like a beautiful experience. I can remember a night when we were in uh, Scotland, and it was, uh, I think it was the summer of 2010, and we had, we had gone over that summer just to, to spend the summer and didn't know that we'd end up actually moving back there for a couple of years, but we, uh, along with a few friends... Uh, walked into a pub and uh, there was some uh, just live pub music going. In other words, just uh, folks showed up with their instruments and some had some, uh, you know, some song sheets to play along to and others just, oh, let's play this one next. And, um, oh, they started playing... uh, Wagon Wheel. Wagon Wheel, yeah, that's right. (laughs) We were all... Wait, wait! This is from our home. What are you doing? Uh, but there, we we got to experience that kind of moment uh, on more than one occasion. We 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 got to see it in Ireland. We got to see it in Scotland and England, and and when so when we started hearing about beer and hymns and what that was, we had I I feel like for me that kind of picture of just people coming together in a pub and 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 sharing a glass and and sharing a song uh and raising that glass together and singing that song it, it, it was something that just moved inside of us yeah i think that's right i think that is a moment that you obviously remember very well um and i think a lot of our lives the memorable parts of it are those moments that are just burned into our memory because there's something magical about them. Yeah. And I think with Beer and Hymns, we are able to create those moments that people say, remember when I was arm in arm with these strangers, with our glasses raised in the air, singing All the Hard Days Are Gone, and 
it was like nothing I've ever experienced. That's the kind of moment that Beer and Hems is able to to kind of design and to uh, somehow amazingly recreate month after month. No, I mean we we nail it sometimes and and others not. But you know it's yeah it's, that's what we're aiming for at the very least. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in your design work uh, with Kind Creative, you know you you've been supporting Beer and Hems from from the start. Um, you know you've you've given us our logo and uh, and and kind of helped us in, in directions on social media and design and ads and all, all kinds of things. Um, but your your art has changed. Your your design has changed. I mean, I get to see it probably more closely than anybody else, and and get to. Uh, ha- I have witnessed um, the change and, and growth in that, but um, I'm so excited about some of the things that you're working on right now. In particular, you're working on something really cool at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, tell us about that, like, and, and the exciting things that you're you're hoping uh, to see and learn uh, in that process. Yeah, this program is really great. It's an executive certificate program in social innovation design. Um, for my career thus far, I have been doing mostly graphic design, some web design, and most of it has been about deliverables for small brands, which has been rewarding in its own right. I've get, gotten to work with some really great nonprofits, um, some wonderful small companies, some solo entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things in the world, some campaigns. Um, and I've worked a lot with, I've done some brand strategy, but I've done more more actual deliverable design, logos, and collateral, and websites. And to see that come to life is amazing. Um, but it's always kind of a one-on-one client relationship. And as rewarding as that can be, I started feeling a yearning for, um, for something a little bigger, for... I have these creative services. I see work in Northwest Arkansas and um, and advocacy that I feel like needs to be activated and amplified with creative services, and I want to know how to be a part of that. How can I use my creative skills to um, to activate people around things that matter? So I joined this program at the University of Pennsylvania, and it has been um, mind-blowing and challenging and um, exciting. I have loved being in academia again because it's all about curiosity. It's all about asking questions and then kind of going along a journey to find the answer or maybe just maybe part of the answer. <laughs> um so I've done a class in design thinking, which is about human-centered design, which has been really cool, and how to apply that to social issues and social problems. Um, and now I'm in a class called Engagement for Impact, and that's very much about community-centered design, whether it's for a building or um, a new service in your community or a park or um, a product, or, um, you know, the fact that in some neighborhoods the garbage is not collected regularly because they're lower-income neighborhoods. How do you solve a problem like that? And those are the kind of things we're talking about, like big world issues that matter to people's well-being. Um, So it has, this program has expanded my the horizons of my design, of my thinking in design, like what does design mean? It's not just about logos. It's about human lives. And um, I don't know exactly where this is going to take my business. I don't know exactly where this is going to take me as a person. Um, But I'm loving the paths it's taking me down. And I think it's so applicable to the work of Beer and Hymns as well. We are working with organizations that are solving human problems. Um, we are working with the children's shelter who are taking kids in that don't have homes, that don't have clothes, that don't have basic a basic social structure. Um, we are working with um, with NWAC Pride, uh, who are supporting LGBTQIA young adults um, who need 
so many things. I mean, we are so, so we are working with people who are solving, or not maybe not even solving problems, but approaching problems with innovation and with creativity and imagination, and saying, um, how can we make people's lives better? Whether it's kids or um, or trans people or el- the elderly in the winter, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love getting to come home every night. I mean, it's it's you you mentioned just the excitement of being back in the world of academia, and um, you know, like most of us in the world, we we all know that whoever our our partner is, uh, if we're we're uh, one one to to have one in life. Uh, we almost always know that that other person is the better half of the equation. I can assure you that is definitively the case in this relationship. Um, she was valedictorian of her high school class, and uh, academia was something that you know she always excelled in. And uh, I started flirting with a, uh, a master's program a few years ago, and, and kind of chickened out um, for all kinds of reasons, but. Um, to see her doing this work again and uh, the stretching and the pulling and the, uh, the, the learning and the reading and, and most importantly, I think, the writing. Uh, it's, you, you light up uh, and it's just so fun to see you diving into something that you're so good at uh, and, and uh, have such a passion for. Yeah. And now and it's an expanding who you are and your, who your business or what your business will be and how it will uh, continue to support our community, support Beer and Hymns, uh, and maybe even the charities that we get to work with each and every month as well. So. Right. I, I would love that to be the case. And I think, you know, if I own my own business and I'm, I'm very nimble, I um, it's just me. Um, I hire contractors out when I need them. But if I get to design my own future, if I get to design the work, the kind of work that I do, then... Um, why not kind of go for it and, and do something that matters? Um, or at least try, you know? (laughs) And so, like I said, I don't exactly know where this is all going to take me, but I, I feel this right now. I feel this, this energy, this like buzz in Northwest Arkansas Mm. of, of some social good initiatives that are popping up, some money that's being poured into them. Um, I, I feel like there's some fertile soil mm. for creative, imaginative design work to happen. And um, my studio project, which I'll be starting this week for this program, will be just finding out how I can be a part of it. Just talking to the people who are involved in this work and, and seeing what is actually needed. What is, what is the problem we're framing and, and how can I be a part of helping design a better future for Northwest Arkansans? Um, Casey and I, uh, we got, we met back in college and, uh, started, you know, quickly exploring music together, uh, started writing songs together within our, our kind of first year or so of dating. I think it was that first Christmas that I went over to your parents' house. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We exchanged those, that first round of gifts. That's right, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we started writing songs yeah, it was within pretty that quick, semester. Yeah, it was really quick on. Um, but you never you never really sang back then. That's true. And, uh, you know, we, you had a, we bought you a djembe at some point back in college, and uh, Casey's got great rhythm, um, and uh, picked that up really well, could play different percussion instruments, hand percussion instruments, uh, very well. Um, she'll every now and then still sit down and do that and surprise people. But um, the journey from not really singing, from being behind the scenes uh, to, to being in front of an audience and not just singing, but, you know, singing Janis Joplin like it's nobody's business um, has been so cool and so much fun. Um, you know, wh- what about... Beer and hymns. You know, we we used to tour as as a group called the Weather Folk. Um, our last name's Weatherford, and our buddy Matt in Memphis uh, used to always uh, say, "Hey, how are the Weather Folk doing today?" And that, that name just kind of stuck, so we coined that as our 
as our duo name, but we don't really get to do that very often anymore. So Beer and Hymns is kind of one of our main outlets to get to sing together. I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> I just That's love awesome. that, that we get to do it still and that we still have uh, a means to, to make music together and, and have it be something uh, outside the church, you know, uh, something that, that is for the community that's uh, drawing people together. And I think that's kind of who we are as a couple and has always been. Yeah. yeah, I think we started collaborating creatively and felt the chemistry of that early on. I didn't, I took voice lessons as a kid. I took piano lessons as a kid. I, I knew I had some kind of musical abilities, but I never saw myself as a soloist until that fateful youth retreat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I got up on the microphone with you and yep. started singing and it just kind of went from there. Um, I have definitely surprised myself in a lot of ways and I honestly I've been thinking a lot lately about that journey and how um, my kind of leadership as a singer and as a nonprofit founder and kind of a song leader with Beer and Hymns has changed me for the better in so many ways because it has given me a, a different kind of confidence. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of go through this, this like roller coaster. It can be daily. It can be weekly. It can be monthly of, you know, I'm awesome. Look at me. And then the next moment or day is like, I'm a failure. I'm just going to go <laughs> look for a job, you know? And, um, yep. And it, it is it is a it's a ride. So I think being in front of an audience, seeing the success of beer and hymns, being behind the microphone, feeling like I'm I'm good at singing is uh, is a huge confidence boost personally and makes me it makes me happy. That's where it's one of my most happy places at beer and hymns behind that microphone. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed singing as the weather folk and that was a very happy place, but there's something about beer and hymns that is different. Mm. It's because mm. of that communal aspect. It's because we, I see people singing along with me. I see people engaging and dancing and raising their glass and, and being there for, for a purpose and not just, um, you know, happening to be at a bar on a Friday night um, and we happen to be singing. It's it's being there for uh, the purpose of community and charity, and, um, and and for the good of our community. So um, yeah, it's it's a whole different thing. Any hopes that you have for beer and hymns in the future? That's a big question. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to decide how to answer. Um, I think. Our hopes, or at least my hopes, had to be put on hold for a year or so. Mm. And so I'm just getting back into the mindset of seeing the future again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am so encouraged that we made it through the pandemic. Sitting in our living room doing beer and hymns was not the greatest thing. But we mm. did it. We made it. And people still come and people still love Fear and Hymns and, and we are still making a difference. And that's really encouraging that if we can make it through this, then we can do anything. You know, we, we have a compelling story. We have a compelling model. We, have, we do incredible things. We bring people together. I think we really have something here, and I think it's evidence that if we made it through the pandemic year, then, yeah, then the sky's the limit, really. Yes, I mean, here, here we are sitting in the same spot where we recorded uh, so many of those, you know, Facebook Live uh, events, and um, this feels very different than that, um, <laughs> that experience, but... That was really hard, just staring at a uh, you know an, an iPhone camera lens that you know you can't really interact with in any level, and uh, we realized how much uh, I think we missed the people uh, that much more in those moments. Uh, and to to be back now, um, granted we're still in the middle of the pandemic, but we we're in a bit of a safer place at the moment, and and it's wonderful that we're able to be back, and it just makes us appreciate it even that much more. I think. 
the other night we we got to uh do our first round of beer and carols over at tiny town winery we've already raised a couple of thousand dollars uh for the northwest arkansas children's shelter and i don't know it just put um you say you know you weren't able to really be in the mindset of hope for the future and i'm i'm really starting to get there again and and it's and it's those events uh where we're coming back together and we're we're starting to see people saying you know what we can do this we can uh we can get past uh the the dumpster fire of of 2020 uh and even a good chunk of 2021 uh but there will be life there will be hope and there will be ways to continue to look out, to reach out and uh, um, find ways of sharing joy and light and love and uh, bringing about a better sense of, uh, of community um, everywhere we go. Uh, it's a blast to get to do it with you. And I think it's one of the most fun and uh, important things that we get to do together. And, uh, and I'm so glad that we, we do. Same. I uh, can't now imagine life without beer and hymns. It seems like such an integral part of who we are individually and as a couple. Mm. Um, such a huge part of our identity. Uh, and I think a lot would be lost if we didn't have it. So I'm really grateful for all that it brings us um, and the people around us. And I'm so I'm so happy to be a part of it in, um, and not only the, the design work, the singing and the vision and the board. I mean, it's, it's fun to be a part of kind of the full circle of beer and hymns. I can to be kind of have a, a hand in every pie. So, um, that's really fun. Well, thanks for all that you do and all that you bring to beer and hymns, both as a designer, as a singer, as a founder, as a, uh, visionary, um, as a, idea bouncer offer uh just everything uh, yeah kind of hard sitting sitting down and and trying to interview your spouse i i feel like i have a lot more uh, respect all of a sudden in this moment for dak shepherd and and Kristen bell and <laughs> and the few times that she'll join him on the podcast and <laughs> the, um but it's so fun and i'm so glad we get to do this together I love you. I love you. Cheers. Cheers. So we had a young man come to us this year. Um, he was 17. Mm. His mom had her own mental health, substance abuse issues, so she'd never really been a reliable person for him. Mm. He was raised off and on by his grandparents. They had passed away, so he'd found mm. himself back with his mom and just not in a good situation. So he ended up coming to the shelter um, at that point he, he wasn't on track to graduate. He yeah. had, there was, the future did not look good for him. So while at the shelter, our on-site school got him involved in uh, GED classes. We have a partnership with NWAC that helps us provide those. Nice. So yeah, yeah. he was able to work through that very smart kid. I mean, mm. super smart kid. So he was able to work through his GED classes, got his GED. Um, we worked with a company or a organization in Fort Smith called Get, Get Real 24 that offers services for teens who are aging out of foster care. Partnered with them. Got, he's in an apartment. He has a job. He's on his way to starting college in the spring. I mean, mm. you know, none of that would have happened if he hadn't ended up at the shelter. He was you mm. know, still with his mom, and who knows where that would have led. So while he was only with us for a few months, that's the difference that it made. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of months, few months, mm-hmm. um, and the trajectory of that young man's life is is shaped very differently than what yep. it probably would have been. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, trying to overcome those circumstances, uh, you know, it, it, it's few and far between. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and uh, so it's it's organizations and and people stepping in and and providing care, nurture, love. Mm-hmm. A little bit of guidance, a little bit of help, yeah. um, and uh, that can really make that change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, w- t- tell us what else is going on. What What are ways that people can can be involved? Obviously, there's volunteer opportunities, but you mm-hmm. know, how, how do you find out? How do you get involved? 
what does the shelter need uh, more of from our community? I think um, a common misconception is that we only serve little children. And oh, while, yeah. while that's true, we serve birth to 17, what we're seeing a lot now are a lot of older kids. So mm. the majority of our kids are ages 10 and up. And part of that is due to, I mean, there's a lack of foster homes available in Arkansas just in general, mm. but there's a lack of homes that are available who will accept teens and who will accept teens with, um, you know, they've been through a lot. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of that trauma will do. Um, so anyway, a lot of our kids are ages 10 and up. And when they think children's shelter, they think younger kids. So be great if you know the community could just keep in mind that teenagers and um they need as much love and care as the little ones do sometimes more so mm, mm-hmm. and um just to keep that in mind whenever they're thinking of volunteer opportunities or or donations mm. that we do have a lot of teens i mean it makes sense to me that you know there's that misconception but it also makes complete sense too that it's the need there can be that much greater for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that working with teens uh, who've been in and out of either a foster care system most of their life or, right. or just reconciling with uh, trauma uh, on a family level or, or wherever that might be coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the older you are, the more self-aware you are, the, the, the more that you might right. have those things they understand you in all kinds of different ways. Yeah, they understand a lot more about what's happened. But but in that vein, another thing we're focusing on is the transition. So a lot of the kids who are in foster care, you know, they turn 18 and all of a sudden they're on their own and they haven't learned any of the things that our parents taught us. Right. You know, how to find a job, how to, you know, how, how do you pay rent in an apartment? All those all those those things that um they've never been taught. So our staff is really working hard to help those transitions um be mm. a lot smoother and they're working mm. with you know local organizations to help with that and with dhs but that's that's been a, a real focus in the last eight to nine months specifically yeah 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 that makes sense um what else is going on what what are some special projects that maybe we we need to know about that they're upcoming or, or events or fundraisers or things that we can uh you know be involved with well, we're going live with our gala in 2022, so that's oh, exciting. Right. Yes, we've had, um, well, we, we were able to get it in in March of 20, but just barely. Just like, bar- it was like the that, week before everything shut down. <laughs> that was that was the last thing my wife and I did, basically, yes, actually. Okay. We, we went to the gala, and then yeah. the world closed down. And then, right. you know, yeah. yeah, that was it. So, you know, we did a few virtual events. We did a New Year's Eve virtual event, which was super fun. Um, but yeah, we're so glad to be going live again and be able to interact with all of our supporters and have a good time. So March 5th, Starlight Gala, be at the Rogers Convention Center, and it's going to be, um, a dueling pianos night. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You have those piano players nailed down? I I think so. That's that's Carla's job before she leaves. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I know a guy. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. (laughs) We may talk. We may talk Uh, after this. But that's, that's fun. Uh, that's a fun, uh, way to go about it too. Um, I, I, uh, I was always hard pressed, especially in my twenties to, to turn down an opportunity to go into a dueling piano bar. Yeah, I, there's just yeah. something about them They're in just my fun. mind. Yeah, they're just fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, My wife and I were down in uh, Fayetteville back in July uh, for for her birthday. Uh, we spent the night at a, at a hotel down there and, and just kind of were able to get away. And it was mm-hmm. is that that point where the Delta variant was on the rise, but we weren't all sure about it yet. And, right. And so we we were only softly entering places, but uh, we we had finished up dinner one night and uh, we're just walking around and, and in search of patios, and the music was coming out of the piano bar down there. Yeah. Uh, and you just you couldn't help but stop. Uh, and then somebody from the crowd got up and started singing, and so we stepped inside for a few minutes and listened. And yeah, uh, you just always have so much fun. So that'll be a fun night. I, I, I hope yeah, we, I hope I think we can. So can make it uh if you're in the northwest arkansas area you should be sure uh and check that out i'm trying to think of other things that we want to make sure that we hit gloria you would be telling me to be (laughs) sure to ask this but you're Um, not here i just say like the community Um, is amazing around the holidays for the shelter they i mean they really are we for every child who comes into the shelter between thanksgiving and new year's we make sure that they receive gifts 
Mm. And it just it started in the last probably couple of weeks. So many people reaching out. What can we do? What can we do? So it's just it's, it's overwhelming. It's awesome. This community is just amazing. And so our kids will be well taken care of mm. over over the holidays. Um, and, and we have kids in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like last Christmas we had it was so sweet. We had two boys show up brothers on Christmas Eve. Um, mm. So, you know, we weren't prepared for that but they came in and they were convinced that santa would not find them Mm. at the shelter and one of them had a very specific request for a certain bike and just so happened that we had gotten a donation of (laughs) that bike and it happened to be in our warehouse so one of our amazing volunteers dart who's our warehouse manager was able to get the bike get it ready and it was there on christmas morning Mm. so santa did come (laughs) no matter where they were. So, and it's just, you know, it's our donors and volunteers that make that kind of stuff happen. Mm, um, That got me. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just can't say it enough. Our staff, our volunteers, they're the ones who make it possible for these kids. You know, they come in with nothing and, and no expectation. It's, it's, you know, when they're, taken from their homes and their DHS worker says we're going to the Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter the kids don't know what that means they come from yeah. all over the state so they, they've never really heard. Yeah, yeah oh so absolutely. it's not we're not just talking about the four five six counties up here right they're coming from all over yeah and last year we wow. served uh, kids from 25 different Arkansas counties wow yeah okay. now the majority are from Washington and Benton but we serve kids from all over so sometimes yeah, yeah they'll say hey you're going to Northwest Arkansas Children's Shelter it's a four hour drive. They don't know what they're coming to. Boy, they don't yeah. know what to expect. So we actually had a video made within the last year. It's on our website for anyone who's interested in just a, a little video tour of the shelter. But we made it specifically for the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's it's written so we're speaking to them so they can see, you know, here's where you're coming, here's what the shelter includes, here's what'll happen once you get there, because there's so much fear of the unknown. Certainly, yeah. So we you know, we think, well they they should understand they're coming to a better place than what they're leaving, but they don't always understand that they're being taken somewhere unfamiliar and so yeah, much just, uncertainty. Just the uncertainty. Right. That, that general prospect can be terrifying. Mm-hmm, absolutely. No question. So having, mm-hmm. having some kind of tool or resource to even just soften it a hair, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's gotta be a powerful tool. Yeah. Um, I, and I had no idea that we were supporting children kind of not just, from our area, obviously, still the majority from our area, but right. but there's not as there's not a, one of these shelters in every county or anything. There aren't. There are very yeah. few in the state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So so it makes sense that you are supporting kids from from varying locations, mm-hmm. uh, and that's wonderful to hear. Um, it brings to mind to me that there must be even that greater of a need uh, for room for support. Uh, for for everything, where, where where does the majority of your support come from? Are is it on the backs of individuals? Is it sponsorships? Is it events? Is it government dollars? Where what what are the varying sources that that help y'all do this each and every year? Right, we actually most people are surprised to learn that about only about eighteen percent of our funding comes from the state. Mm. So only about eighteen percent um, is covered by the state of Arkansas. So yeah, a lot of it is. Um, about probably 25% comes from our three major events, and that's corporate sponsorships, things like that. For We have a Starlight Gala, we have Kickball for the Kids, and we have a golf tournament each year. Mm-hmm. So um, we're very lucky to live in this area with a lot of different you know, vendor, Walmart vendors and um, corporate support. And then um, another 20-25% comes from individual gifts, mm-hmm. and then the remainder are grants. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we do a lot of grant writing for various programs, and that's, I mean, that's part of what I do. But um, yeah, is it really so okay? It so yes, yeah, so your mm-hmm. community engagement goes beyond just working with those who work with, but also reaching out and 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 finding funding sources. Right. Mm-hmm. Doing all the nature. research and figuring out what what grants we can write, what you know, what companies align with what we're doing, and yeah, yeah. there's a lot, a lot of behind the scenes work that goes into that. Yeah. No kidding. 
Yeah. I'd love to to find out about more about that. <laughs> Something beer and M's could use some help with, right? But, uh, <laughs> don't don't doesn't every uh, small nonprofit here in NWA? Uh, no, no question. Uh, we're all we're all looking for different avenues and reven uh, and sources of revenue to mm-hmm. to uh, allow us to grow and and do our thing. Right. Um, so the way we basically describe it is what we receive from the state provides three meals and a bed. Right. And so anything beyond that, we raise. Ah, so, okay. yeah, yeah, everything yeah. from, you know, that provides the education, the counseling, the transportation, um, the staff, everything beyond, you know, three meals and a bed is what, Sh- we, what we have to raise. Shelter and food from the government, everything else yes. comes from uh, the generosity of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of those around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that makes total sense. And, and we all know that shelter and food, Super important, mm-hmm. super important. That's baseline, but uh, we need all the other equally to survive. Right. We, we need love to survive. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, that's that I know is what uh, the staff at the shelter are providing these kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. incredible. What we're also seeing now that you've got me talking, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Um, what we're also seeing are victims of human trafficking. There's some teens who are coming in who, I mean, you wouldn't believe, but their own parents sold them. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And they come, and some of them don't speak English. So um, Mm. it's very important that we have volunteers and staff on site who speak different languages, mostly Spanish, um, to help them feel at home. But just what they've been through is incredible. And then um, we had one young lady, this is a couple of years ago, but... She was 13, I believe, when she arrived, already had a one-year-old child, Mm. and was pregnant with her second, Mm. and ended up, you know, at at the shelter, and just thrived while she was there, Mm. and just an amazing story, and um, she ended up going to a local family with, with foster care who took her and both of her children, and she's doing amazing now, Mm. but, you know... What led her to this area? What led her to the shelter? It's just, you know, all the right things happened for her to end up where she was so that she had a brighter future. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this month, December 5th, uh, probably by the time this comes out, we'll have already passed. We'll have been raising some money at the Tawny Town Winery. And, uh, and then again, Sunday night, December 12th, uh, Sheraton Four Points in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, we are going to be joined by the Arkansas Philharmonic Orchestra, and um, we're going to throw one hell of a party. That sounds and, awesome. Uh, um, yeah, we're going to raise our glass to these amazing kids um, and their their stories of resilience and overcoming just some of the the worst that humanity has to offer. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, and, so. uh, yeah. Um, but uh, the shelter, uh, the staff there, um, Kate, and and all all those that that work to uh, make the shelter what it is, uh, is a bright spot in our community. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a bright spot in this uh, in this state, uh, and that to me is what uh, we want to be all about at Beer and Hymns. Uh, we want to laugh at the darkness. We want to say, you know what, this is not have to be the way that it's going to be. Um, and we're here to to make sure that we can make a difference and and help where we can. So, uh, Kate, we thank you so so much for joining us. Yes, um, thank you. And uh, and for sharing those stories. Um, we hope to see you very soon. And uh, yeah, y'all be sure to check us out and uh, grab a ticket if you can't. You can donate all month long. Uh, visit aspirinhims.com. One hundred percent of your donations uh, benefit the shelter this month. Um, and, uh, or you can Venmo us at Beer and Hems Charity, however you want to give it. Uh, we'll take it and, and make sure that it gets to these amazing, amazing kids. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Laugh at the Darkness is produced by BeerandHems.com. Special thanks to Gloria Echevarria and PJ Bradford for all their behind-the-scenes work, for editing together this podcast, managing our social media, and just keeping me in line and on task. I couldn't do it without you. Our podcast theme music is composed by folk singer-songwriter and artist Kevin McCrell. You can check out more about his music and art at kevinmcrell.com. 
Other special thanks to Matt Nelson, our brilliant pianist and band leader. He has recorded all of our podcast music. And to all of our sponsors, Bike Rack Brewing Company, the CFO Network, Kind Creative Company, First National Bank of Northwest Arkansas, the Neighborhood Church, and First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. And to Dr. Donna Johnson and Neil Pumford and Jenna and Austin Evans for your endless support. We are so very, very grateful. Most importantly, thanks to you, our listeners, for checking out Laugh at the Darkness. Do us a favor, like, subscribe, and follow the podcast wherever you listen. Leave us a review and and share it with your friends. My name is Ken Weatherford. We'll be back next month with more stories to Laugh at the Darkness.